Hey everybody, welcome to the three cast. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Hui. What's up? Uh Ricky, I'm gonna read his uh, I'm gonna out him. He's having a, a feminine crisis, I think is what he said. Uh, oh no, um, I, I just crisis. Just crisis. Okay, I misread that. I'm sorry, Ricky. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't back out at the last minute, bro. I'm just saying. You, you leave yourself open to mockery. Anyways, all right, so this is the three cast. We review things, movies, TV shows. Uh, we keep promising a comic book. Vince, you go next. Pick a freaking comic book, would you? Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, we, we've promised a comic book for, I don't know, a year and a half. Um, and if, if you don't pick one, Ricky's going to. <laughs> and you know what happens then. Okay, we'll I, think I, I, I think I got one. I think I got one. I think I got all one. All right. Okay. Anyway, so uh, every once in a while we'll do a TV show. Um, we don't do books because books take a long time to read. Um, and we're not quite sure Ricky knows how to do it. Um, we're just saying. I, I'm telling you, Ricky, show up and I won't make fun of you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, um, so this time we, rev- we reviewed the um, movie Knives Out. It's directed mm-hmm. by the same guy who did the last Star Wars movie, right? Uh, what was his name? Ryan Johnson? Johnson, yep. He's the guy that uh, everyone in Star Wars fandom, as you might know, blames for ruining Star Wars. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how you think that he did on this movie. Um, I think we're going to have a, a fairly differing opinion on this movie, Vince. Um, mm-hmm. it'll be well, interesting. I, I, yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. It's good, though. Yeah, so, um, basically what this movie is, this is... This movie builds itself as a classic whodunit. It, the the house that's in this movie is literally identical to the one that's in Clue. You know, that really old classic yeah. whodunit movie. Um, and just like that movie, it has a classic uh, a group of characters that all have motives to have killed the man at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- basically, this this movie surrounds the the, the death of... Um, what's his name? Thor- Thornsby. The, what's his first yeah. name? Thornberg... Uh... Uh, Harlan, Harlan Thorn, yeah. Harlan Thorn, Thromby, Harlan Thromby okay. is the name. Okay, so it, that guy's played by Christopher Plummer, which um, he's in one of those actors that um, are in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. right? And you just know him as the guy who can't talk very loud. Um, <laughs> you know, so like he's in um, the movie uh, Inside Man with um, Clive Owen and uh, Jodie Foster and Denzel Washington, and you can't hear a word that guy says in mm. that movie. He's He's also is is Christopher Plummer the one that's in Da Vinci Code? Um, I don't. Oh, maybe you're right. I was thinking. I was thinking. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yes, he's one of those actors that just he's there and you don't really realize that it's him. Anyways, um, all I know is he's Canadian. He's Canadian and he did a lot of stuff at the Stratford Festival in Canada. That's all I can say. Yeah, and this so the the big star of the show, I guess, supposedly is Daniel Craig, right? And he shows up on screen, and <laughs> um, the, the way the characters describe him is the he has the Kentucky Fried Chicken twang. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has a he talks in Southern drawl, which is when when he first when he says um, the um, the nurse's name Marta Marta Cabrera, he mm-hmm. sounds a little bit like. Um, uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> I mean, it's like really weird. I mean, his accent's all over the place, but we'll talk a little more about that. Anyways, the movie surrounds the, the death of um, Harlan Thromby and who did it. Um, supposedly he committed suicide, but he didn't really commit suicide. It's, it, it starts, the movie starts off as a classic whodunit. They, the cops come in uh, and the Daniel Craig's 
Benoit Blanc. He's a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he comes in and um, follows the cops around because he's been hired by this mysterious person. Uh, and, um, you know, they interview the family and the, the family of, of Harlan. And they all have individual motives, and it's the classic whodunit. The cops are going to figure it out, and the the well, they no, the cops do figure it out, and they say it's a suicide right off the bat, right? Right, right. Yeah, look, because it looks like a suicide, right? But the the um, Dana Craig's character doesn't think so, um, and he's he's supposedly like this all big um, Sherlock Holmes type uh, investigator, but. You know, he's not very good <laughs> or it doesn't seem like he's very good. I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but in, like in the middle, right at the coin flip, like he mm-hmm. flips a coin and this movie changes genre. It goes from a whodunit to a, 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 a crime thing where the, everybody know, now knows who's done it. And you start cheering for the, you know, the person who supposedly murdered the, the old man, um, which turns out supposedly at that point in the movie is Marta, which, you know, at the end, we find that it's not Marta, um, but then it, it kind of then once the coin is done flipping, it goes back to uh, who done it. But it, you still know who it is. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. And um, there's not a lot of movies that flip genres, you know, midway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's basically a movie. It's um, this start. It stars Chris Evans who plays Ransom Drysdale, and uh, he's an asshole <laughs> in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Captain America. And I was like, I'm really happy that they, they made him play an asshole because Captain America is this all you know, nice guy and he's Captain America and he's an asshole in this movie. Um, so, uh, Vince, what did you think of this movie? I thought in general it was, it was OK. I mean, like I can watch it once and I was in, in, enjoying it. But then after, like, you know, I, I wouldn't would ever watch it again now. Right. And and maybe it's just because I'm not a fan of watching something again where I know the kind of outcome. Um, but let's go through a couple of things. I think that. Uh, you know, you talked about Christopher Plummer, but let's be honest here. There is a quite an ensemble cast. Like, it, it might not necessarily be that everyone knows these guys, but you've probably seen most of these people in other movies or TV shows. Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, I, I'd say even uh, what's her name, uh, Tony Collette. Um, she's the the mom, uh, like the 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 tree hugger hippie mom, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But but and and I think Michael Shannon, I think is probably one of the other big names that you probably would have said, oh, it's the bad guy from Superman. So it. In general, the you know when you have a cast of of big name people, this is really good for whodunits because you know you you then go in saying look look they want to hire nobodies to be the bad guy right like we know that right like if, if it was just right. like an ensemble cast and and yet they of course they hire the nobody to be like the the kind of uh, protagonist like Marta um, but then everyone else is a big name star so it, it forces you to kind of go okay cool so one of these famous people got hired to be the bad guy or bad girl right the problem with this movie that i had was you know it was a bunch of cameos essentially like uh you there was never any real time to to really get motives behind people and even when you did get the motives they were so lackluster that you were just like okay it's not really worth it so you look at folks like um you know the don johnson character so don johnson's married to jamie lee curtis right and they're in a loveless marriage, right? And um, basically, he's a philanderer, and she's just like you know, you know, enamored with dad to try to take care of the company um, on on some level. And the the thing to me was, okay, so he, 
at the end of the day, the, the reason why he's murdered is basically because it turns out that uh, he changed his will so that instead of having anyone in his family get the uh, inheritance, he gave it all to his nurse, Marta, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's that's the whole premise. And you can understand, of course, if you lose millions of dollars in the inheritance, right, that that, that would be enough to possibly uh, commit commit such a crime. Um, but the the thing is that it's not that the... Um, who done it in terms of who killed the man, right? Because we all know that the man committed suicide, right? The who done it is essentially who hired the actual um, uh, the, the the Daniel Craig yeah, character, yeah. right? Because that's that's the thing. Because we know that whoever hired the Daniel Craig detective is clearly aware that there has to be a, an uncovering of the fact that this man did not commit suicide, right? And, and thereby uh, invalidating a whole bunch of things, uh, which we'll talk to them in, in a sec, right? But again, you come back to the ensemble cast, and you don't really get an investment on who did or who would or why would they do things. I mean, I don't know why they spend that money on that kid from Glee, right? Like, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about? The guy, the kid that was masturbating in the the. But yeah, but here's the thing: like, you, 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 they, they mention it very quickly. And it's not like I want to see it, but I, I think they're talking, they're always making like alt right jokes about this kid and all that stuff. And I'm like, at no point was he like wearing a swastika or dressing like Hitler or something. So I was like, what, are they just making fun of this kid that he's just like, you know, like, you know, maybe more introverted? Like, I didn't understand that, right? And then um, when you found other characters, you're just like, okay, so uh, essentially there's just a really, like the, the daughter, like the, the daughter that got her tuition paid for, or the granddaughter that got her tuition paid for. Again, Egg, you, yeah. have li- yeah, you have little to no investment in these people, but you're like, meant, you're, you're led to believe that all these people could be potential murderers the, the, or, or, or like, you know, the, the kind of antagonists. At the end of the day, you can only limit it to like all of like uh, maybe three or four people. And the way I, I frame this would be that when you watch the movie, you can only imagine it as being either uh, the, you know, basically the unreliable narrator. So you un- maybe Marta, who is presented as this angelic immigrant nurse, um, trying to make sure that she writes the wrong so that her, her she doesn't get framed up and her parents or her mom goes back to South America, right? We, we basically are led to believe maybe she could be a person that's in on it. Maybe she could also be in on it with Chris Evans, the the ultimate, the bad guy who does uh, serve to to be the guy that that does the bad thing. Or maybe it's Fran, the um the the maid, right? The the one that actually found the body, right? Maybe maybe it was just again unreliable narrator. Maybe you can say that she was the person that was behind it. But everyone else, you really can't substantiate. Um, that they would have done this, right? And for for all the kind of rigmarole, the storyline, I think that, you know, you you called, like, I mean, let's be honest here. Matt, did you not call it that it was uh, Captain America? Um, no, that, no it, I thought, I didn't see that twist coming at all. And really? I, I thought think it was, it was Marta. Though? Like, who, I thought it was Marta. I thought okay. it was an accident and that that was going to be the movie. Ah, okay. Because it, well, because that's what that's what they tell. I mean, they literally, at the, when, when Daniel Craig flips that coin, that's they tell you the truth. That's what happened. They, you don't know that there's this B plot going on behind it. You know, Chris Evans switched the morphine and the, you know, whatever, you know, switched the bottles around and he th- thinks that she was actually murdered and all that no, stuff. You don't no, know no. any of that stuff. No, you, no, no, but you know that it had to have been a bottle tampering because she was like, oh my God, where's the, where's the noxaline or whatever? Where's the, where's the antidote for the, for the injection, right? So you knew that someone must have tampered, right? So the only way you could assume that it was Marta would be if, like, this was just, like, all fabrication and unreliable narrator thing, right? But outside of her, there is no other person that could have been the bad person because also in these – and then maybe it's because it's catering to cliché where – 
you never really hear all the full-fledged, like, where were they conditions in mysteries, right? And usually it's the bad guy that has the most where were they kind of uh, questions. And in this case, we were very much aware that uh, we have no idea where Chris Evans is for lots and lots of parts of the movie, right? Um, so, so I think that's why it was a little bit less than um, enthralling. But, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the plot because I think the plot was... It was okay, but again, it's I, I saw it uh, coming, and in, in that not that not that I exactly said it was Chris Evans off the bat, but I knew that he was on the short list. And then basically, when started when 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 Fran got taken off my list because she gets murdered by Chris Evans, um, essentially I was like, okay, so it's got to be Chris Evans in some way, right? Um, but I do want to mention something that was interesting on on this, and and you know that I like to read things. It was so heavy handed that I couldn't help but um, you know think about this during the movie, right? Where it was such a heavy-handed dosage of rah-rah immigrants, right? Like this was such yeah, a even a, made the Hamilton a, joke, right? Yeah, the Hamilton joke. Yeah, we get things done, right? Um, and I found it funny with like uh, you know Don Johnson's giving that joke. He's like, "Yo, man, I watched that. I'm so woke, right?" Um, but the <laughs> the idea behind it was to say like, "Look, there's such a huge amount of privilege." And that, you know, people feel entitled, which I thought was an interesting, you know, maybe heavy handed metaphor. But, you know, to say, like, everyone here is privileged. They feel that there's entitlement, that they should inherit things. And then, lo and behold, it's the one person who's working the hardest who, you know, for one, like, you know, basically for, for one little task that that was an error, she can be like, you know, blamed for every single thing. Um I think that at the end, it was really poignant when she's standing up on the balcony looking at everybody else. And it's like, oh, you know, the, mm. the reaction was kind of weird. I also found it funny because there's those little small, you know, jibes, whether it's the Hamilton thing about like immigrants always doing stuff done or the little jibe where like every time they introduce her, they're like, she comes from Puerto Rico. She comes from Colombia. She comes from uh, Brazil. Like, you, you know, that? Like, Ecuador, yeah. Ecuador. Every <laughs> country. Changes every time. Yeah. Every person's like, yeah. And then the other thing about every person was that they were like, Hey, you know what? Uh, you, sorry, you couldn't make it, but uh, I just want to let you know I voted that you should be there, right? Remember that? Um, mm-hmm. Every single person is trying to allay their, I don't want to say white guilt, but you know what I mean? Like their privilege by saying, oh, I really wanted you to be there, but uh, I got outvoted, right? Um, when, when I mean it's rather disingenuous, right? And then I thought it was really interesting that you saw the dynamic between the daughter who is entitled and got all of her free ride tuition. And her relationship with uh, Marta, right? Because they're pretty much in the same age group, right? And, you know, at first you're introduced and they're like, they hug each other and they're like, oh, okay, I feel so bad. But then you look at what she does through the whole entire movie. The daughter, the granddaughter does nothing through the whole movie aside from just basically snitch on Marta, right? Whereas Marta through the movie, like from day one, you see her waking up early. You see her taking care of mom and dad, or sorry, mom. You see her like cleaning. You see her taking care. Like it was such a sharp contrast and very heavy handed and overt, right? When it's like uh, she lights one up, like, you know, uh, does Marta actually inhale in in that? Does Marta uh, partake in the weed when they, when they smoke? I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah, so like, I think, but, yeah. but you see again how how they make it so clear cut that it's like oh entitled like you know um, little kid spoiled gets everything and it's like when 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 the when when it hits the fan it's like oh she has an excuse and it's allowable to uh, to smoke weed but then when I can't remember when when the mom or someone comes in and says are you guys smoking weed or something and she looks at you know Marta and and it's like the, the again the double standard so throughout the movie and especially maybe now with the kind of like you know Black Lives Matters and the Black Indigenous people of color kind of uh, you know social injustice kind of discussion. I thought it was just so top of mind and it was fairly heavy handed. Maybe um, 
what really accented it was, of course, the whole right wing discussion. Um, and uh, I think th- there was a not so subtle Trump discussion. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't subtle at all. Yeah. <laughs> he, he even compared him to Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so I think that that was interesting. And but again, like it comes back to that casting. Like I just want to close it off by you know coming back to the casting. You you hire and you pay these really fine actors to do things, and it's just unfortunate that I know that you maybe had to edit stuff out. But like, I think that if you really want to make that analogy to the current state of affairs of the world, you really could have benefited from maybe showcasing that character. Sorry, that that. Uh, glee characters perspective a little bit more so it would make sure that the kind of uh social injustice discussion came about i also think that if you really want to make it a whodunit um you could have again given more attention give to to backfilling some of the stories so we could actually empathize and go oh yeah i could see this guy's doing it um but in general i mean the acting was was caricature-esque in some instances like foghorn leghorn kind of daniel craig was kind of forced right and maybe it's because we're so used to him as uh, again you know james bond right but I, I felt that watching that go down it was okay maybe it's supposed to be funny like you know even if you watch clue did you ever watch the original clue with uh, tim curry and stuff uh, like ages that? i mean like 20 years ago yeah, i mean it's been it, ages yeah but even that movie it wasn't like a like you know suspense thriller it was like a comedy of as a comedy whodunit right and that's yeah. why i understood this kind of uh, as, a, as a comedy whodunit the thing that I, I thought was a little bit strange to me, though, just as a little minor plot point, was so if she basically the message I got was basically your nurse is your lifeline. Um, and you and I think if there's any criticism or commentary, it's not that there's racial injustice, but that, holy crap, nurses have so much sway or healthcare providers have so much sway on what people do. Because at the end of the day, we find out that she basically gave the right dosage and the right medicine. And then she just kind of broke down tears because she's like, oh, I, and she didn't throw up because of course her give is that she lies and she throws up. Right. But that she was genuinely crying. She said, I think I killed you. Right. And then the second that happens, he's like, okay, I'm going to set this all up. So you can do this, this, and this, and I'm going to kill myself. Even though he was basically able to just go to sleep and not die, right? So I thought that was rather interesting that the, the the subtext commentary was, man, we give way too much credibility to healthcare providers, even when it comes to accidents, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, I love this movie. I mean, I think it was fantastic top to bottom. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start out with the, the immigration thing because that's what's first in my mind. I, I, I think... He, you can easily read it the way you did as it uh, as some kind of um, attempt as at a social commentary on, you know, the, the way world the world is going. Um, or I think you could read it as a commentary on uh, the parody of current family life because because um, they're both this family has both sides to it. Right. The left and the right. Mm-hmm. And they're you know arguing during a family get together. That's what family See, that's life is. That's very right American. Now. That's very American. Because in Canada, I, 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 I don't see that polarization where like people are reluctant to come to the Christmas or, or Thanksgiving oh, table to like talk politics. I mean, you got um, you know, mothers and sons unfriending each other on Facebook because of what they post and stuff here in the United yeah. States. It's it's yeah. it's bad here. Um, so I think that, I think that that's one of the reasons why that um, the commentary on immigration seemed kind of. Um, not only ham-fisted, but also incomplete in, in some ways. Is more because that's not really what he was. Tr- the director was trying to do. He was trying to commentate on how the the 
families kind of divided on this and they argue and that's the reason why they, one side is calling the you know right wing nazis and the other mm-hmm. one you know whatever um as for you know so uh, i i like i said i didn't really read deep into that because i just thought it was more a commentary of how you know families are kind of ripping themselves apart because of mm-hmm. the whole political landscape um so one of the i the first thing that stands out to this movie is Daniel Craig's accent. And <laughs> we, we need to talk about this. It, we can both agree that he did a horrible job with the accent, right, Vince? I mean, he, very yeah. bad. I mean, and, not and I'm not American, so I don't, like, hear that very often. But when you can't, like, I mean, if he did straight up a caricature of Foghorn Leghorn, I'd be like, okay, that's a good, that's a good Southern, like, you know, over-the-top caricature. But it sounded like he was trying to do it. And and it sounded broken and it wasn't very convincing. And again, maybe it's because I don't know as many people that have that type of drawl. But yeah, I, I thought it was... he he w- was supposed to sound like that. Now I don't know this for sure. This is just my interpretation. But they wanted you to, um, what what's the word? They wanted you to um, underestimate his character. They wanted you to think that How? he was a a parody. No, uh, no, no. Even, How are we supposed to underestimate him when he's allegedly paid an inordinate amount of money and he is basically supposed to be the best detective, period. Right. And, he, and, and the other detectives kowtow and say, look, this total random dude was given money to investigate and now he's sitting there as they're getting re-interviewed from the right. outside. That is pretty good credibility there, right? Yeah, but he's horrible, Vince. Yeah, he's, but he's that... a, no, 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 listen to me. He's a horrible detective throughout this entire movie until the end, okay? So wait, wait, wait. Are you, no, you so you're wait wait by horrible? Are you mean that he doesn't like you don't spend the time? The director doesn't spend he, enough time to focus on no 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 because no. you know that like for the, the the blood spot on the shoe that he picks up on at the outset right that he doesn't but, say yeah so but you don't him. know that until the end Vince but the fact is that you but you can't assume that just because they don't play out all the cards doesn't make him throughout the movie a, a horrible he's just really good at keeping no 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 no. No, no. All right. So he's not a horrible one, but they want you to think he's a horrible detective. They even comment on it in the movie. Okay. He even says, you're, Marta says, you're a really horrible detective. And he goes, well, you're a really horrible murderer. You know, it's literally in the movie. So they want you to underestimate him. They don't want you to think he's Sherlock Holmes, even though he makes the joke that she's Watson, he's Holmes, right? They make that correlation between them. It's supposed to be a comedy, right? I mean, at one point he's sitting in the car be bopping to tunes yeah, yeah. While, while ambulances are flying by around him right, he's supposed to be supposed to seem like a parody throughout the entire movie he's supposed to seem like a caricature right um and then at the end you know you get introduced to him you think he's well this guy sherlock holmes you know he's the mm-hmm. he's you know uh, what it was that um the Joni? she says i read a tweet about a new yorker article about you <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so like he so he's well known because he's being tweeted about um and, you know so everybody knows him that's the reason why he has this credibility because he's supposedly well known but then you see, see him go through this and stuff and he's just he seems like a, not a very good detective and i think that that's they did that on purpose and that's you know, we got, uh, you know, that's the reason why he chose that, um, ch- chose that particular accent because you want, I mean, if you hear somebody talk like that, um, it, it's racist and, you know, eth- you know, whatever, but I mean, mm-hmm. you, you hear somebody talk like that, you don't really think that they're the smartest kind of person. So mm-hmm. you, you really want to, um, 
you know, you you underestimate that person. And then at the end, so at the beginning, you think he's a, he's a you know, he's Sherlock Holmes, and then you realize, you know, eh, he's you know a, a terrible. A, t- a terrible investigator, and then at the end, all of a sudden, he knew the, from the beginning that he, you know who who did it, and he, he worked it all out, and he's fucking Sherlock Holmes again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's one of the reasons why I love this movie is, is because the character. I I know you didn't feel like you got enough background stories to the characters, but mm-hmm. I think I did, um, and mostly because you had. Wait, you so got, then uh, what? What do you know about that Glee kid? Like, I mean, if they're pushing the no, 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 art right thing, right? But no, all right. So you read first. I think you're reading too much about that into that. But I think, I think that you're reading it, it, it too much into it. That that's the, the Glee kid. I think he's just an actor because he's done nothing since Glee. Glee, Glee stopped ten years ago. Right. Yeah. You know? But but I mean, like you're still. So, so I mean, paying. he's 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 just a dude that's in there. I mean, he has like three lines in the whole movie. I, but, I don't think he. But the thing is, he's also the punching bag for this like whole oh man, Nazi, Nazi, yeah. right wing kind of stuff, right? So that's the thing that you know, if you're trying to make this kind of full fledged analogy and metaphor, like you know that the 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 inheritance is basically the wealth of nations. The house is the country. The, yes, the foreigner gets the country and gets the wealth of the nation, and everybody else there that's white happens to feel entitled to it, right? And there are some woke white people that actually empathize. There are some uh, white people that are pretending to actually give a crap and saying oh yeah you know i voted for you to be at the funeral that kind of stuff like we we, we get that but then when you when you're trying to frame this as like uh you know i'm talking about the backstory here guess what that backstory should have been pushed a little bit more so that we can actually really see the kind of dynamic of it, like, it it'd be 12 or 14 hours long if you did give a backstory to every single person they wanted you to consider a suspect in this movie. You, there's just no way he could have realistically gave in every single character in the story a backstory. He he did what he could when he had 12 people to work with, you know. Um, and you get a little bit more of some people than you. It's like you don't get anything of the Glee kid. You just know he's the right wing Nazi guy, right? And only I because other people say it in like a rather right, like because he's not way. a major. He, you're never you're never meant to expect that that kid murdered. Um, Harlan, you know, you never he's he was never a suspect because he was never you know you know right from the outset of this story who the suspects are. He they're the ones that show up in that room getting interviewed. This kid never's in in, in the room getting interviewed. You know, there's a whole uh, there's a you know there's um the the Jamie Lee Curtis. There's the you know her husband. There's her brother, uh, and then there's uh the granddaughter. Those are the four that mm-hmm. you, you, you and then there's the nurse. So there's there's five. There's a those are the ones that get interviewed. Those are the ones you're meant to focus on. And if you get drawn in, focused on all the other ones, you know, you, you, you kind of got fooled. Um, the reason why – go ahead. Uh, the reason why I feel like I got, an, I got enough of the characters is because I knew right from the bat that they weren't going to be able to give, you know, an hour-long backstory to each of these characters. It just was never going to happen. But I really, really enjoyed I, – you got to go into it with a frame of mind that this is a comedy. It's it's meant to be a parody of Clue, right? It's meant to be a, a parody of a, all because all who done it stories are exactly the same. They all have the same the, the same the same layout. It, you know, uh, there there's an introduction, then there's a murder uh, murder, and then there's the you know the the big bad in- investigator guy comes in and he's awesome and he knows everything and uh, he figures it out right from the beginning, but he doesn't tell you that he figured it out until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's an investigation and then, um, you know, he has an epiphany or maybe he's already had the epiphany, but then he stands in front of the family and tells, walks him through the entire thing. 
right? That's a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Um, this story, this this story here, is meant to mock that quite a lot. Uh, it takes those th- tropes and it completely, um, you know, it, you know, it, it it makes a parody of them right up until the moment he flips that coin, right? And then it changes genres and becomes a a, a crime drama where you know who did it. You know, uh, you know why they did it. it was an accident or whatever, and um, you, you know, uh, so you you don't really have a, you know that there's no real motive towards you know whatever towards the murder. So, um, I, so I, I'm kind of losing train of thought here, but so oh, okay. Ahead, but, but I was gonna say that like I, I would agree with you on the fact that it's supposed to be a parody of various things, right? Um, but I mean, I'm not asking like to have like a extended director's Blu-ray cut, which is like four hours to to talk about like every single backstory. But I think that, you know, it's just that for characters to really have a value in a whodunit, okay, um, it's always to really give at least a glimmer of uh, a reason why they did something, and and I think that like one sentence could really be powerful um whereas like in certain instances where they made such a big deal out of like quoting law i I, at some point i was like really you had to tell me this right uh what was the thing where it's like they're talking about like in in our state we have the slayer law where basically if you kill someone you can't get the inheritance i'm like that's kind of understood right like we 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 know this like I, i don't know of any other part of the world where it's like yes if you kill someone and you are the designated person to inherit something you know Maybe you still get it. I, 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 so when they make a big deal out of that, I was like, is this supposed to be something that I should know about? Like, because because I was trying to figure out, like, they're throwing this piece of information, and I'm not sure if it was meant to be red herring. I think it was actually meant to be a very pedantic thing, which was like, hey, audience, you're too stupid to know that if you kill someone and you're a designatee for, for winning, uh, for inheriting stuff, then you can't get it, right? So I thought yeah, that I was like... I don't, I don't see it that way at all. I think it's just... So why would they make I mean, such a big deal out of it then? Well, I mean, they didn't. They made a big deal of it because the family wants to wants at that point. At that point, okay. So, basically, what what happened there for people who were listening? Um, they they find out that Marta is getting all the money in the house and all that stuff, and the family who's been quote unquote nice to her throughout the entire movie completely. I mean, like within five seconds, turns on her because mm-hmm. they're all greedy sons of bitches, right? Mm-hmm. Um. They all want the money, and that's all. They're all in it for themselves. That's the point of the movie, um, and the I, I think that that the, the Slayer Law is just them grasping at straws, trying to get the money, right? I mean, that's not that's not some uh, Machiavellian um, you know plotline that really needs to be focused on. It's just that's just another tool that they think that they gives them hope to get the money back from Marta, you know. Um, I, I don't think it was, was anything. He, and really, when you say they focused on it, it was like, I, I mean, I think well, that they gave more time to that than to talk about, like, say, for example, the the daughter that was like a, you know, basically studying whatever the hell she was, because like that that's all we know about her. But certainly, we made enough about that son's detail. Um, but even like the hippie mom, we what realistically, what do we know about the hippie mom? Like, like the thing that I was thinking at some point, like for a fraction of a second, I was thinking, okay, the husband who's not there of the hippie mom, right? I don't know if he's dead or if he's divorced or whatever. But I was like, oh, maybe there's a reason why he's not there. Maybe that's the suspect. See, maybe that's just me being the kind of, okay, this is actually a genuine whodunit. And that's why I thought it was like a a thread that I could follow. Nope, none of that was elaborated upon. And again, just to to talk about like 
you know, inane things. Every single thing that you do in a mystery is either meant to be a red herring or meant to be like validating why the person is at the end, the, the, the guilty person. But in this case, putting that information out there doesn't do either of those things, right? It's interesting that you focused on so many of those things when there were so many other things that they they put in. So like um, the dogs play a big role in this movie, even though you don't really oh, think that yeah. they do. Well, right? so so no, but they do because like they they actually play it back when it's like the dogs really hate Ransom, right? Right. And but they love they if, love if her. You're just wa- you're just watching the movie, and you, you don't really pay attention. I mean, you don't really pay attention to the dogs until the end because they start they the movie out. with the dogs the, the whole right thing is, i i know you but don't do that in a movie. no but no but in a movie like especially maybe it's just because i knew it was going to be a mystery right but you know that everything single thing in a mystery is always there for a reason right so when you start the movie with the dogs it's fairly imperative that like the dogs are going to be a critical device to pick up on something i and maybe i'm just all paranoid when i watch movies right but that, I, I, that's, that, that's what i thought that's the reason I wasn't paranoid going through the movie because I watched a few YouTube videos before. The reason why I chose this is because there's a few YouTube videos that kind of go over the plot and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I'm, you know, I'm going to assign it and we'll watch it. Um, all right. So I just, I'm just going to go through a few more things that I, that I realized. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I, I liked how the characters were alternately likable and hateable. Um, so there's, there are points like, I, I, I know Marta's supposed to be this, you know, big heart girl but there's a point in the movie where she's not you know she's kind of greedy too you know you know so she she goes through her really? you know, which part which well, part because she saves she the starts, person that she le- is led to believe is the one that's right. accusing I, her I'm not, right? I'm not saying she's all evil like the rest of the family but when she starts working with Chris Evans character with Ransom she's doing that for her right she's being selfish and she and she said even though she says um she says to Meg, she says, well, I'll, you know, I'll pay for your schooling or whatever. She, yep. she never says, well, I'm going to give you some of them. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you your inheritance. She's just, I'm going to pay for your schooling. Right. So there, there's a there's a part of it that she's she's not all that, you know. Well, I she think has, it's because she, she, I think she's also aware that it, it, it is bugged. Right. Like, I mean, I think she, it's, she's not stupid. She, she, there's like there's innocent, stupid and there's innocent, smart. Right. She's innocent, smart. Right. Like, I mean. Uh, she 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 does get led down astray by Chris Evans, but even in that instance, right? We 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 don't see her being greedy to like you know let's screw the family. She's just trying to it's self preservation at that point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I also like have, Vince. Have you ever watched the movie Vantage Point with Dan, Dennis Quaid? I think we assigned that movie. I think you gave. I, you gotta tell me the story because uh, all I remember is that every time you give me these weird like B movies, it's like Kevin Costner's a bad guy or something. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's about an explosion in Italy and it's told from like six different perspectives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you... yeah, there's an assassination thing. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's basically this movie. Because um, every at least at the beginning, it's this this, this movie because it's he, sw- he they switches around right. But at the beginning, when they're interviewing everybody, if you notice the background of their stories change depending on who's telling it, right? So, yep. um, one, one of the one of the biggest uh, examples of this is when the candles are brought out to the, to Harlan in the, in the cake. Um, who's around him changes, right? so they start show it three times, and each time, you know, yep. Yep. who's around him changes. So, I, I love movies that do that. Um, I'm not sure that this movie did it particularly well. Um, I don't think it needed to do it particularly well because it was meant to be a parody and a comedy. Um, so it's not, that, it wasn't meant. That's, that's a typical device. That's like the Rashomon device, right? Where it's like. Yeah, in- I, I just love, like I said, I just love movies that do it. And um, I, I think that um, 
I think that Ryan Johnson uh, started off. The thing about this is that um, he because he he went, he set out to change the way the movie you how the movie was run midway through. Um, he he got to use a whole bunch of those devices, but they kind of felt abandoned. So like um, that, that whole showing different perspectives, things that was real, you know, that I really enjoyed. And it was there in the beginning. You didn't get to see that so much after the coin flip. Um, mm. After that, it, most of the flashbacks came from Marta because by that point you knew who was telling the, the truth. Cause she thought that everything that she saw in flashback was the truth. She didn't mm-hmm. know that Chris Evans was an asshole. Yeah. Um, so, um, so in a, in a way I feel like he, he, using the, that, uh, different perspectives devices kind of got abandoned, but I understand why he did it. Um, Can I comment so, on, on just one little, like you know, talking about the device itself. Um, I think, you know, you're talking about different perspectives. I want to just jump into the characteristics of her vomiting, right? So the premise of her vomiting in the presence of a lie, right? Like that, 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 that's the important thing. I don't know if that's a real physiological thing. And to me, that was strange because for all of the kind of medicinal or medical conditions where it's like they're very focused on the, you know, the, the, this particular drug as being the antidote to this condition that the guy has exactly 10 minutes to live before he dies because of this overdose. I thought it was rather, you know, of a sharp contrast to have like such, you know, meaty kind of um, gritty detail on that kind of poisoning or like, you know, uh, device to, to kill someone. And at the same time, have the basically revelation to incriminate Ransom at the end um, vis-a-vis her ability to withstand the ability to throw up in light of her lying, right, to, to basically mm-hmm. get him to confess. That was a weird thing to me. Like, I don't know if that's – maybe I'm not a doctor, but did you not find that was a rather contrived method to to, to, to kind of make things work that – Oh, you know, this outstanding issue of her throwing up. This is going to come into play somewhere down the line, right? Because elsewhere in the whole entire uh, movie, her throwing up is kind of put, you know, brushed off to the side. Like even when she's like in the car and she throws up in the in the cup, right? Um, mm-hmm. Incidentally, I thought that Daniel Craig was going to drink from it when she was gone. Um, but, <laughs> but it was just it was just weird because it well, was and only- how did he not notice that she it's- puked? I mean, he literally had the door open, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I, anyways, I I just thought that was interesting that, you know, it's not until the very end where it's like the the her 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 courage, her ability, her fortitude, whatever you want to say, to prevent her from, you know, throwing up so that she could hold it long enough to get him to confess. Like it was it was a contrivance. I thought that it would have been a little bit more uh useful throughout the movie. Um and I'm not sure if they just kind of made like, you know, oh, I made you eat beans and bread or whatever to make sure that you threw up nice and nasty like mm-hmm. i thought that uh was um kind of heavy-handed enforcing that kind of characteristic which again i don't know if it's physiological real thing right but to force that characteristic so it's like at the end we're like oh yes i remember just in case you know three or four times a movie she threw up because she had to lie right oh right. good good for her right so supposedly it, it, was, it is a real me. thing supposedly it is a real thing but it's very rare it has something to do with anxiety of being caught um, but know. but do you understand? Here's the thing: Why would she be able to withstand the, the 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 desire to throw up at that particular moment? Whereas in other instances where it was just as grave, like in all in all consideration, yeah. uh, it, it was just as as kind of uh, dire for her to lie, and she couldn't, right? So I just thought it was it was rather 
strange to force that in. Yeah, I think it, I think it was probably because he needed something to, you know, he did he needed some kind of device to to, um, you, you know, sh- show that she was lying and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Then he she he needed the director needed um, a way to get Daniel Craig's character to trust her and also to, to I mean there had to have been a reason why he didn't just say hey she did it I found blood on her shoe at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. You know, he, he had to stay invested in the story, thinking that there was something else going on throughout the movie in order for him just to not point out, you know, that she she did it, you know, yeah. and then there's, you know, no movie. Um, all right. So uh, a couple can more we just, I just want, want a couple more. Pl- can we just call a little more couple plot things? Because, again, with mysteries, it's always about the plot. It's always about the plot holes. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, so if if you looked at Marta and you looked at Ransom, there's about like a 60 pound weight difference, correct? Gotta be right. Like she's like oh, I'm, five I'm foot sure two. He's, he's like he's six, a big he's a big yeah, he's guy. A big right? guy. Yeah. So then, how come she, when she's climbing up, manages to tear off the piece of wood? But when this dude's climbing up, it's like American Ninja Warrior, and 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 the thing, the trellis stays in one piece, right? Um, it's like a when, it's like a squeaky stair, though, Vince. Maybe he know he because you know he he's lived there, you know for. Whatever. No, he's, he's the strange kid. This is the thing. Like he's the strange kid. Like n- certainly in inside the house, he wouldn't know because he hasn't been around there. But how many strange people climb on the outside of buildings? Like so, so I, like that's what I'm saying. He's got to be like American Ninja Warrior, where he like knows which one to pull and climb up, um, versus like her, right? So I thought it was again a strange scenario. Yeah, I think. I mean, I want to say that it was like, well, yeah, he knew, but who knows? Maybe it was just chance. Um, so. There were several things that I really so like. I enjoyed the things that they peppered before. Like this is a typical murder mystery kind of thing where they pick pepper up throughout the movie clues based on you know who's who does it. But they also went through like um, the games that Jamie Lee Curtis played with her father or whatever. Um, you know that ended up coming into play right at the end of you know because the yep. invisible ink or whatever. Um, I I enjoyed that. I I liked the the. Um, the, the play it, it, sword, the play dagger. Yeah, it's just, it just it, when she, Marta and um, Harlan are in the thing. And he's he's talking about ransom and how he wouldn't know the difference between a, a prop and a real knife. Yep. And that you know like that comes into play at the end. I mean, it's just just a throwaway it's a very Scooby Doo thing. No, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think. That, you know, there's no way that that's a clue, but it it ended up being relevant at the end. It's really really cool. Um, all right, so. I'm just going to say this. I really enjoyed the movie, maybe because I went into it not think. I knew it was a comedy to begin with, so I wasn't expecting it to be, have the sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, way of uh, plotting out the characters and all that stuff. So I just went in knowing that it was going to be a parody of Clue. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I was able to enjoy it without having to look too far into, you know. So um, I would... I've already watched this movie a second time, Vince. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I'm one of those crazy people who I don't care that I know how it ends now. I like I really enjoyed it. I don't think that this is one of those movies where like National Treasure, where I'll watch it like ten times in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could see myself watching this again, so I'll give this um, I'll give it a four and a half out of five. I'm going to take a, a, a half a point off because of the horrible accent. I understand. I think I understand why they did it that way because they wanted to be underestimated. But um, Daniel. I think – all right, so Vince, let's picture this for a second on the accent. Would have it made more sense if like at the end we were told that the accent was fake? Like he he uses – maybe he went – 
at the end he reveals that he's British or something, and uh, he uses the accent to get people to underestimate him. I went. I, I think that was, uh, I was I was I was really expecting that to happen at the end, where he just all of a sudden starts talking like Daniel Craig again, because um, mm-hmm. he no longer needs them to underestimate him. I, no, I think I, that's a that that would be a problematic plot point because if he's been hyped up as this great detective and he's been yeah. already interviewed and stuff, it, it would kind of be people very know how much, he talks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, that's a good point. Anyways, I give what would you give this movie? Uh, I give it a solid three, maybe three point two five. I, I like. I mean, I don't. I don't hate the movie, right? Like you know that I'm fairly opinionated on movies, and I'm, I, 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 my evaluation system is a little bit on the lower end. But um, I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. It, it was it was thought provoking on some level. I mind you, very heavy handed. Um, you know, the more I was I, I was thinking about it after, I was like, okay, maybe this is you know that's why I was trying to figure out like the whole political uh, metaphor in the in the movie. I, I like it was very overt, so I was trying to make sure that I could plot it out in my own head. Um, and and unfortunately, I felt a little bit underserviced on that front. But in general, it was an enjoyable movie. Wouldn't probably watch it again. Maybe I would watch it again just to like validate some of my points because. Again, it had. It took me a second or two to think about, like, so she did um, give him the right dose, and at the end of the day, it was a genuine suicide, but a misinformed suicide. And it took me a second to to think this all through, uh, to 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 just make sure I understood the the actual murder plot, as I was probably a little bit more infatuated with the kind of political agenda that was at play. So, um, yeah, I mean, a, a solid three would be would be good. Not a bad movie, yeah. but just. It was it was watch it was good just to watch. It'd be interesting to find out what Ricky would think, but of course he'd have to show up in order to do that. Let uh, the man be. He's got his he, <laughs> he, female crisis. <laughs> you know what? It, I was gonna say he, uh, the place where he works. He, uh, they just hired one of my uh, they 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 hired one of my kids. They hired another one of my kids. So I'm not gonna knock him at all because he's probably helping out. You better damn well be helping out one of my kids setting up shop uh, where you're working at, Rick. So uh, I'll let it be there. Okay, man. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, that is it for us this time. Uh, next time, we are going to be doing a comic book. Um, yep. I was thinking Hush, um, but uh, I, I'll see if I can make sure that you guys can check it out. It might take a little bit of time to read it all. It's not too long. Uh, it's a Batman um, story. It's, it's, it's from a while ago. Uh, but I think that, you know, while we're, while we're talking about mysteries, right, uh, we looked at a mystery and how there's some plot holes in the movie. Uh, for today, uh, I think when you watch Detectives Comics, right, Batman, the world's greatest detective, when you go through Hush, I think it'll be interesting to see you guys and your responses to how a comic does a com- does a mystery. Uh, we're finally going to do a comic book, Vince. It's going to be awesome. And then we won't have to do one for a year again. <laughs> um, anyway, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Three Cast. That's probably the best way to get in contact with us. If you want to do so, just DM us or you know add us mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, you can follow us on uh, twi- uh, Vince on Twitter. Vince is VWHUI. I'm at MTWV. Ricky, who's not here, is Ricky underscore Williams one. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash the Three Cast. We record this. We try to do two episodes a month. Um, I don't think we're going to get that done in August, but that's just because schooling and stuff and is making schedules just kind of freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, so th- this time of the year, we're always a little bit off on our schedule, but we've been doing pretty good at two a month. Um, you can subscribe to us on many different platforms, iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Spotify. We're there on all of them. The only place we're not is on YouTube. That's because it's a pain in the ass to upload to YouTube. Um, anyways... You should definitely go subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. 
uh, we'll see you next time. All right, take care, guys.